Grace, mercy, peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God for our meditation this morning is read for our Old Testament lesson. Here now, select the verses. Then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. He said, Do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Thus far, God's holy word. In the name of Christ, who is our substitute, dear fellow redeemed. It's the toughest test a high schooler ever takes. It's not the American SAT or ACT. This is China's Gaokao test. Unlike other entry tests in America there are, that are about four hours long, the Gaokao test is spread over two days it takes nine hours to complete. Chinese students dedicate their entire senior year to the test. When exam days arrive, elementary and middle schools located near test sites are canceled so that there is minimal noise in the surrounding areas. Planes are redirected and police roadblocks are set up to minimize disturbances. The Gaokao test is the culmination of a Chinese child's educational journey. It will largely determine where he or she ends up in life. The hardest portion of the test comes in the form of the essay question. The essays can cover topics such as the student's view on history, philosophy, the environment, and President Xi Jinping's policies. One topic students had to write on was write an essay on how Thomas Edison would react to the mobile phone if he visited the 21st century. Another essay was to write a letter to 18-year-olds in the year 2035. This test is of such high quality that universities around the world, like the University of Cambridge and New Hampshire University, have started to accept the Gaokao scores for applicants into their college. But there is a test that is more difficult than anything that happens in a classroom. It's a test that God gives to Abraham, one that he still gives to his people in a variety of ways today. The stakes are much higher than getting into the college of your choice. Here, the stakes are eternal. This is a test that you really have to pass. It cannot be passed with human logic and reason, but it already has been passed for us. Like many of our trials, God's test of Abraham came out of nowhere. One day, Abraham was enjoying his long-awaited son, and the next, God tells him, Take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah, and offer him there as a burnt offering 
on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. God didn't say a word to Abraham about why he was to do this. He didn't tell Abraham, I'm just testing your faith. Only if you go through the moments, movements, Isaac will be okay in the end. No, God made an unexplainable demand, asking him for a kind of sacrifice that he had never asked of before. Making things worse, God had promised to make Abraham a father of many nations, a promise that had to go through Isaac. In fact, from Isaac's line, the Savior of the world would be born. How does that work? How could God command Abraham not only to kill his own son, but to cut off the very fulfillment of God's very own promises? Abraham had every excuse in the world for questioning such a difficult test. He had every excuse not to put God first. But he did it anyway. He did not complain. He didn't even wait to see if God would change his mind. So Abraham arose early in the morning and settled his donkey and two of his young men with him and Isaac his son. Without delay, Abraham took Isaac to Moriah. He built an altar and put his own son on top of it. He raised a knife in the air, ready to plunge it into the body of his own son. Why? Because God's word came first. Ahead of his own logic. Ahead of his own emotions. Ahead of his own son. God came first. Even when he called for the ultimate Sacrifice. Maybe you're thinking, I'm sure glad that God doesn't expect me to do the kinds of things that he asked Abraham to do. In a way, that's true. God hasn't asked us to sacrifice anyone for him. But in reality, God, what God expects of us is exactly the same as what he asked of Abraham. God wanted Abraham to love him more than anyone or anything else. And God still insists on being number one in your mind and heart. Ahead of our hobbies and work. Ahead of friends and family. And even ahead of our own selves. For Abraham... The ultimate sacrifice involved his greatest treasure, his son. What does God demand of you? That you fear, love, and trust in him above everything else. God gave Abraham an opportunity and a command to pr prove his devotion to the Lord. And God does the same for us. He commands us to show that he is first in our hearts by devoting time to worship in his word. 
His, he commands us to show that He is first in our hearts by making our offerings of money to the Lord our top financial priority. God commands us to show that He is first in our hearts by making decisions that will honor His will for sex, marriage, and family life. And sometimes, just as He did with Abraham, God chooses to send us special tests of our faith, special opportunities to show our allegiance to Him. God sends us trials that we don't understand. He allows us to be tempted in ways that we do not expect. And it's always for our good. It always serves to strengthen our faith and to testify to others. It would be nice if our lives were a perfect testimony to faith and trust in God. I wish that I could say that I consistently demonstrate the same kind of devotion to God's word that Abraham did. But I can't. And neither can you. Too often, instead of looking at us and declaring, I can see that you fear God. People conclude, I guess Christians are no different than anybody else. Our failure to put God first doesn't just look phony. phony. It actually dishonors His holy name. But in the test that you really have to pass, Jesus has already passed it for us. If you had to summarize Christianity and the gospel in one word, what would it be? You might think of love or grace or mercy or Jesus. But the best one-word summary of the gospel is substitution. Here's why. At just the right moment, God stepped in to prevent the sacrifice of Abraham's son. He said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. And when Abraham looked up, there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and then offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place, the Lord will provide as it is to this day. In the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. God provided Abraham with the substitute, someone to take the place of the one who had been marked for death. Like Isaac, we have been marked for death too. The soul that sins shall die applies to every segment of society in every single age. We had a death sentence spoken upon us from before we were born. But God provided a substitute for us. The God who spared the life of Isaac did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. God demanded perfect obedience, and that is what God provided. Sin required the shedding of innocent blood, and that is ours in Christ. Unlike us, Jesus needed no substitute. From beginning to end, his life was perfect. 
But as he hung there on the cross, no angel came down from heaven with orders to stop his crucifixion. He went forward, allowing the knife to fall. And worse, for his son to bear the wrath and the torment of hell. It happened on the very same mountain range where he provided Abraham with a substitute for Isaac. And because he died for us, we are saved from death forever. What about the tests of our faith? Everyone knows what it's like to have your world turn upside down. Your plans are changed and you don't know why. Disaster strikes without warning and try as you might, you can't imagine what good God could possibly have in mind by sending you this kind of trial. Those times can come. They do come. But when all else fails, all that we have left is what Abraham had. He had a promise. A clear promise of God that from his son would come the Savior of all mankind. Abraham clung to that promise when all else failed and he prevailed. We also have a promise to cling to. The cross is God's promise that his love for you is constant no matter what the circumstances may be in your life. When God brings trouble to your life or forces you to make sacrifices for him, remember the ultimate sacrifice he made for you. Trust in Jesus' death for you. Your faith will be strengthened and God will be glorified. Amen. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen.